Welcome to the Alternative Travelers Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Baron. In each episode, we'll share stories, tips, and advice to help you live a life of unconventional travel. For more, head to alternativetravelers.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Alternative Travelers Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Varen. That was like super radio announcer voice, Varen, right there. <laughs> but um, we're here. We're ready to talk about vaccines because we just got our second shot and we're super excited about that. But first, let's have our announcements, which are that if you have been enjoying the show, finding value out of it, want to keep going, want to support it, all of that good stuff, and get extra things as a thank you, check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash alternative travelers. We are community funded, and it enables us to say whatever the hell we want and be fully transparent, honest, critical of travel and life and all of those good things. So if you want that to continue, please consider joining our Patreon. You'll also get to experience some firsthand behind-the-scenes action where we trial a new episode format and uh, style for, I don't know what else we can call it that. (laughs) Basically, we're doing some really exciting stuff and people there get to hear it first. So if you're interested in that, bonus episodes, community uh, involvement, join on up at patreon.com slash alternative travelers. But before we move on, we'd like to thank our executive producer level sponsors of the show, Anna Maria Bonilla and The Mark Anthony. Yep, that's right. You know, The Mark Anthony, JLo's former husband, sponsor of this very show. (laughs) He loves the show. He's such a big fan. And we're such a big fan of him, too. And we just want to say that if you really, 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 really feel extra generous and supportive, join these people. These people get special, special attention, special credits just for being so supportive. (laughs) Yes. And as always, you can let us know what you think about the show, get in touch, all that good stuff at our podcast page on our website, alternativetravelers.com slash podcast. Also, extra thank you and shout out to one of our other Patreons, Kim Giovacco. So without further ado, let's get into things so we can talk all about the vaccine. And yeah, um, I feel very lucky to be able to have access to the vaccine very easily here in New York State. We're in Buffalo and there's now there's just a plentiful plethora of vaccines here We got it at a community health center, literally a six-minute walk away, so that couldn't have been more convenient. Yeah, we got the Moderna vaccine. We got the second one Thursday, last Thursday, so that's why we wanted to do this episode now, so we could fully share with you our experiences and then talk more broadly about vaccines, you know, impacts on travel, life, addressing hesitations people might have, and all that kind of stuff. But how do you feel, Farron? We're how many days out now from 
getting it Thursday afternoon, and now is Monday afternoon. So four four days, right? I feel impervious to COVID. <laughs> I feel like COVID just couldn't do anything to me. That's that's how vaccinated I feel. Well, technically, you won't be, you know, fully impervious for another what they say fourteen days after the uh, did the second one. So you got ten more days till imperviousness. Doesn't matter. I'm taking a cue from Conan O'Brien, and <laughs> I'm just gonna say that I'm impervious. I'm just gonna will it because I said so. Yeah. So I know everyone is curious about side effects. Of course, we were before we had it. So we want to share what we experienced, which was that all in all, like it lasted like 36 hours, I think, like the main part of it, and then 48 hours. And then by that point, we were feeling fine. So that's they'll warn you when you go for your second dose that, you know, the side effects are generally more for the second dose, which was definitely the case for us. So after the first one, we just felt sore arms, like pretty sore, but nothing else, right? You didn't feel anything else. Varen's nodding his head. <laughs> and then the second one was definitely more felt the effects come on sooner, definitely feeling kind of woozy, like very shortly after arm was definitely feeling pretty sore. And then I feel like stuff really started to kick in maybe like eight to 12 hours after, after we got it. Right. Cause like we started getting like, we woke up in the middle of the night, both of us had like chills, fever, all that kind of stuff. On the spectrum, they were very mild. I would say they're on the flu spectrum because that's the closest equivalent I can give of the fever, the kind of chills where no matter how much you're bundled up, you still feel kind of cold and then suddenly you're too hot. Those kind of feelings, that kind of achiness that your body gets when you have the flu. I had the flu a few years ago. So uh, thanks to one of Sam's friends. <laughs> she's just, uh, you know, she we, we've dubbed the flu, that particular strain of flu after her friend. <laughs> so um, it, it, it was nothing compared to the flu. I would rather get this any day. I wish the flu was this mild. That being said, it wasn't fun. But we got over it. You can use painkillers to help kind of deal with big headache you have later. Because when you when you have a fever, your body's basically just kind of cooking itself a bit. <laughs> so you're going to feel very sore and your head's going to kind of hurt a bit. But it was pretty mild. We just made sure to – we had the whole weekend set aside potentially for it. But we just really needed a day. once. So consider Thursday afternoon and then Saturday morning we were already uh, on a jaunty walk – to the farmer's market and yeah, we were fine. Yeah, it was mainly just Friday and yeah, we preemptively like basically were like, okay, we're not planning on doing anything that day, which was a good call because it would have been tough to do anything anyway. So if you're getting ready for your second one, definitely the day after at least put aside um, just to rest up. I spent most of the day, like most of Friday just in bed like lying around, couldn't even really read or look at a screen or anything. I slept a lot. Varen was ambulatory by like Friday afternoon. You even went for a walk. We tested like I we'd taken some uh, painkillers and fever reducers. And even after that point, like my fever was 101. Varen was normal. So he went for a walk. And yeah, I was still feeling pretty crappy. But yeah, like Varen said, like I would rather have this these symptoms, like they went away like so pretty quick 
Of course, it's never enjoyable to have a fever, but I didn't even have that. I had some loss of appetite and that, you know, the little, just all of those little feeling crummy symptoms when you have the flu, but it was definitely a mild flu. I had a way worse flu, like Varen said. Yeah, we had way worse flus. And having these 36 hours is way better than actually getting COVID. So <laughs> I will definitely take that. Oh, and as a quick aside, well, not an aside, but as an heads up to anyone who has a period, which is that I've heard this, I saw someone talking about this on Instagram, and people tuned in and a bunch of people were like, yeah, my period was longer, worse cramps, all this kind of stuff. I did experience that a little bit, just a couple days longer. So heads up, just be prepared for that. Um, that could be a thing, your period could be late, and just it might mess with your cycle a little bit. So just don't be alarmed if that happens. Seems like kind of common. And uh, my effects there were pretty mild, but just wanted to say that. But yeah, so talking about getting these side effects being better than actually getting COVID, like, and that's, we wanted to mention, like, in a, as a reminder, why it's important to get the vaccine. Like, of course, like, if you have concerns about any underlying health issues you have, like talk to your doctor. Absolutely. If you're concerned, I mean, they're going to screen you when you go for the vaccine anyway. But, you know, just a disclaimer, obviously, we're not healthcare professionals, but um, it's the vaccine is important to get because it, first of all, reduces the spread and it doesn't make you like totally invincible. There's still a teeny tiny percent chance you could get it, but you won't have a severe case and you probably won't pass it on. So that's the main thing. I mean, I think I've mentioned before on this podcast, but my dad had COVID back in March of 2020. So like when shit first hit the fan and he was dealing with long tail COVID symptoms for like a year and it was really bad. Like he had lingering fatigue mental fogness, all of this kind of stuff. It was really difficult for him and for me to see him going through that. Of course, you'd never want that for a loved one. So after after he got his second shot, he a lot of those long tail symptoms have been going away. So that's like amazing. Yeah, that's just wanted to say why also these vaccines are important because we I know we all want to get back to normal, but we won't be able to do that until herd immunity is reached, which is going to take everyone banding together and getting vaccinated. Yeah, it's important to understand the numbers for all these vaccines across the board are 100% prevention of severe disease. No trips to the hospital, very unlikely to die. That's the main reason to get these. Now, the transmission is definitely reduced, but it's not completely eliminated. And we'll be going into that in a minute with a real world example but I do think some people are naturally concerned that maybe some people are vaccine hesitant and that we've hit a wall, et cetera. I think once you throw in a little something to sweeten the deal, like a free beer or shots <laughs> and all these kind of things, some money, then all of a sudden you start to see what, you know, people are just kind of, you know, hanging on there for often what I consider some petty reasons. When you consider that this is a problem we all share that has no borders, the sooner we all get vaccinated, the better. We don't want this virus to continue so that it could get create a more virulent strain, a more transmissive strain. We don't want it to come up with a more resistant strain. And the best way to do that is to keep it from going on. 
to keep it from transmitting from one person to another. And as we've learned with the uh, U.S. Uh, government and our society as individuals, there's just a good enough chunk of us that don't ever want to have to give up anything for this. So I'm thinking for the U.S., unfortunately, this is our way out and it's going to still take time. And the sooner we all get vaccinated, the sooner this can happen. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, it was really it just really wasn't a big deal. And it's a much bigger deal to actually get COVID. So um, and you don't want to pass it on to any loved ones. So even if you, you're like, oh, I'd be fine if I got COVID, like, you know, think about the community at large and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, talking about addressing some hesitancy, because I know some people are like, well, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm just concerned about this vaccine because it's been pushed out so quickly. So I wanted to address that because that's something I keep hearing and it's a valid concern to have. But I think it's kind of a misunderstanding of the mRNA vaccine. A lot of people bring it up with the mRNA vaccine because it's the first mRNA vaccine that's been publicly available. But mRNA vaccines have been in development for 30 years and it's just the the whole they just plugged in the covid virus dna or whatever into it doesn't alter your dna yeah the woman who worked on mra vaccines she's pretty awesome she was a hungarian which i have some hungarian pride because i have my grandfather was from hungary and i still have a bunch of family over there but anyway hungarian woman now she's been working in the us on mrna vaccines for like 30 years and she kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing because she truly believed in this. And it's it's a really cool thing. I'm not going to go into it because I'm no mRNA expert, but like basically they just have like the framework for it and then they can just plug in whatever virus they need. But you have something to say here, right, Baron? Yeah, I was originally hesitant too, way before there was even a possibility of getting it. Just hearing it, I was like, you know, if something comes out this quickly. But there's another huge point, which is the money that's put into it, okay? Uh, in capitalism... Trying to invest money for something that doesn't seem immediately profitable doesn't make sense. So vaccines very often don't make sense in terms of profit margins. However, this was different because suddenly there was tons of money being invested in this. So stuff that normally takes years, if not decades for development, suddenly there was a lot of money to be made because you had to technically everyone had to get a vaccine. There, it seemed that was a that was a route to take. So there's been an astronomical amount of money that's been thrown at this problem that generally um, vaccine study, vaccine development just hasn't really ever seen before. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because and when I was researching this, this woman, the scientist who developed a lot of the um, mRNA vaccine kind of like structure, that was like her big uh, roadblock was she would have to keep, in addition to her research, she had to keep always applying for funding, grants, all this kind of stuff would always get turned down because, you know, there was no immediate need. And yeah, there's, in from what I've learned about vaccines is there's just so many roadblocks, not even just with funding, but also like waiting for approvals for trials. And then if you want to do a trial, you have to have enough people that are being exposed to what you want to trial the vaccine against. So if it's something that's not like as prevalent, it's going to take a lot more time to gather that data versus like we're in a pandemic, COVID is raging. So it's really easy to get enough people, thousands of people who've been exposed to the virus in order to get the numbers to prove that it's effective. So 
Yeah, I, I, I totally understand the hesitancy about how fast it's been pushed out. But like once I learned that and about the funding and about the roadblocks and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, that makes sense. And literally, like it was like world's best and brightest and the most money just thrown at this. So, of course, it got pushed through. It didn't mean that any corners were cut and it was already building on framework that already existed for decades. So with all that in mind, it's... um yeah, I think it's important to kind of know those things to kind of re- reduce that anxiety around the vaccine. So with all that being said, and we're just kind of have a tacit assumption here that we all support the vaccines and going forward, we're all going to get the vaccine. What does this mean for travel? What does this matter to us? Yeah, I think there's a few things here. There's um vaccine passports that are being thrown around. New York State is actually the first state to have developed some kind of app where you can like sign up and show that you've been vaccinated and it, if you want to go to like a concert or different stuff like that. So I think we're going to be seeing more of that. And I wanted to bring up a example that I've, I've been seeing in the travel industry And people talking about travel because like people have been seeing vaccines. It's like the silver bullet for a long time. And now that vaccines are being rolled out, it's not that simple, unfortunately. So the Seychelles are an archipelago in the Indian Ocean. And they have been like when I was first outlining this episode, like a few weeks ago, they had they were had just been opened for about a month to tourists because they had like one of the highest vaccine rates. They were giving out free vaccines to like their citizens and it's a pretty small uh, country of about 100,000. And so they were like, they're really dependent on tourism. So they were like, we want to bring them back to tourists, but only if we're able to get to, you know, a certain percentage of, of vaccinated people, like of our people. So I was, when I first saw that, I was like, that's great, good for them. And then when I was checking back this morning on the situation there, it has rapidly gone downhill. And now Seychelles has like higher per capita rate of COVID cases than India. And if you're not aware, India is absolutely raging with COVID cases right now. It's terrible. So this country, the Seychelles, they have a higher per capita rate. Of course, it's a much smaller country, so it's it's less people, but still, it's it's really not good. And there was a few reasons for that. And I wanted to bring this up because this is an example of like just pushing to open things up too fast, pushing for travel to open up too fast. And it's, I think, a real case study that we all need to be aware of and look at because a couple of things going on. One, the vaccines that they were rolling out were not, are not, as effective as vaccines like the Pfizer and Moderna. The ones that they were using were, yeah, just way less effective. People weren't getting their second dose. So a lot of people that had gotten COVID, a lot of the new cases either weren't vaccinated or they had only gotten one dose. So that's why it's important to get your second dose. And they were not requiring travelers to be vaccinated or quarantine. You had to get like a test 20, 72 hours beforehand, but we all know the tests, you know, that's, it's better than nothing, but it doesn't preclude someone from developing it or passing it along, whatever, all these things. So I just wanted to mention that because I know we all like really, really want to just be able to like 
get back to travel, get back on a plane or whatever, do do things. But I still think 2021 is going to be largely domestic. I know no one wants to hear it, but unfortunately, like even though things are really looking up here in the U.S., elsewhere it's just not the case, and that's why. I really hope that the U.S. just starts just giving away vaccines to countries that need it because now we're seeing these inequities play out and we have more than enough vaccines here in the U.S. and it's important for us to reach global herd immunity to be able to go back to doing anything. Yeah, there seems to be this kind of confusion amongst people about that vaccines just 100% should be preventing transmission and it just doesn't work like that. Now, yes, it's going to inevitably reduce it, but you need a certain amount of people, herd immunity, 75% to 80% of the population being already vaccinated for it to just not be able to rebound. It's still, as long as there's people who aren't immune, it can still spread. And there's always that tiny little amount that could spread to people who are immune, more or less. And even though you might not even notice it or it's hardly anything to experience, it can still get passed on to somebody who isn't immune and potentially vulnerable. So let the Seychelles be a cautionary tale for would-be travelers. We would love to go travel, but or I mean specifically international travel, but let's just wait. It's going to happen. The world's not going to end next year, hopefully. So, you know... Try to stick around. There's lots of great things to see domestically, and we'll get to all see each other on the other side someday. Yeah, exactly. So I think that about wraps it up. We wanted to make this short and sweet and just kind of go over our experiences with the vaccine, why it's important, addressing some hesitancies, and why it's important for travel and reopening. I mean, we all want to we all want to reopen things, but we got to still be cautious with it. And yeah, I mean, that's why they tell you when you go get your second dose, like still keep wearing a mask and still do all these things, uh, keep with all the protocols. So, you know, I I know everyone thought once we get everyone gets vaccinated, masks are going to go away and it's going to be a long time for that to be the case. Honestly, I would be fine wearing them in grocery stores and stuff like that forever. I mean, whatever. (laughs) It keeps transmission of other things down. So yeah. But yeah, so if you found this episode helpful or you know someone that you think might need to hear it, please uh, share the episode and then we can all, you know, do our part, getting vaccinated, getting back a little bit to some semblance of, you know, what we want, how we want our lives to look. Yeah, you can get in touch with us at Alternative Travelers on Instagram, at Alt Travelers on Twitter. You can send us a voice note or email. Just go on over to alternativetravelers.com slash podcast. You'll also find all our other episodes there as well. And yeah, thank you for listening. Just want to say thank you to all our listeners around the world. We love you and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Alternative Travelers podcast. For show notes and more, head to alternativetravelers.com. Want to support the show? Please consider sharing with a friend and leaving a rating and review. 